0: Hi, this is Howard Jacobson. I'm delighted to be joined on the phone today by Kelly Coffin, who is a founder of Wayfair Foods. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Howard. So I'm so happy that we're going to talk today. I uh, I found found out about your company at a recent uh, conference and tasted some really yummy stuff and i was talking to some of your your folks who were representing the company and they said i absolutely have to talk to you because you had such a fascinating story and approach and outlook and are making such innovative contributions to the world of whole plant-based eating. So let's begin by just telling us uh, you know who you are a little bit about yourself.
1: Mm. Well, um, I own a company called Wayfair. Uh, we are based in Bozeman, Mon- Montana. We have uh, a product. We, we specialize in manufacturing a fairly extensive variety of whole plant-based uh, foods that are very similar to their uh, animal-based counterparts, such as meat and dairy But our focus right now is primarily dairy, so we manufacture uh, non-dairy ice cream and cheese, sour cream, puddings, uh, and we have a number of products that are uh, about to be introduced, like uh, yogurts and cream cheese and a number of other things that are primarily based out of uh, whole grain, uh, whole grains and uh, beans, legumes, uh, other uh, plant ingredients.
0: Cool. So I'd love to, you know, get into kind of what those ingredients are and how you make it, and and how you see this contributing to a to a revolution in how we eat. But first, I want to start with your own personal story. So you you didn't grow up on a on a millet and uh, no. and rice farm, right?
1: <laughs> no, no, I did not. Far from it. In fact, if you if you trace my roots as far back as you can go, you'll find uh, primarily dairy farming in the the background and uh, I was no exception. I was raised uh, in uh, Cabot, Vermont, uh, home of the uh, arguably the best cheese in the world and uh, my, great, my great-grandfather was actually one of the um, founding members of the original Cabot Farmers Cooperative. In fact, we, we still have a lot of the old financial records and everything from the 1800s there, but I was raised uh, uh, on a family farm. In Cabot, there, with my grandfather's farm, I should say, and we had many, many uh, Holsteins and a few Jerseys that we milked, and I grew up on the the best milk and cheese in the world, uh, if you will.
0: Okay. Well, give, given that pedigree, I'm just I'm just closing my eyes. I've been to Vermont. I can picture the rolling hills, the the placid Holsteins, the delicious um, cheeses. What on earth made you look for a different way?
1: Uh, well, you know, I, we sold the farm. My uncle, uh, had, the farm had been passed to my uncle from my grandfather, and we sold the farm uh, in 1989, and with that I picked up and I moved to Montana and struck my course in life after I had uh, graduated from high school. But, uh, with that, I became, uh, increasingly concerned as the years went by. I started to meet a number of people that were, I thought were true health reformers. I became increasingly concerned, um, about my health. And, and, you know, by this time I was married and, um, and, uh, in the late 90s had a family. And as I began looking at my family history, I realized that uh, we, you know, I really couldn't expect to live much beyond uh, 60 to 70 years. And that was a real concern for me. At this time, I, I met uh, a few people who were uh, interesting, were Seventh-day Adventists that um, uh, shared with me a tremendous, I mean, uh, some very, very interesting information regarding health and diet. And... Um, uh, it was uh, shortly after that, I made the decision that I really had to do something. And it was about that time in 2005, I think it was 2005, uh, late 2005, 2006, ended up had one of these people gave me a China study. And in that, I saw all of the science to back up the conclusions that I was coming to. And by this time, my father had uh, been diagnosed with cancer. He was given a few months to live. Um, I was having some serious uh, problems in my GI tract, and my, I had a daughter that was um, having chronic ear infection And the man that gave me that book said, listen, if you make some a few simple changes, uh, and he was referring specifically to my daughter at that time, he said, you won't have uh, these issues anymore to worry about. And he says, if your if your dad makes these changes, then I really think that he can overcome this cancer that he's dealing with. And we did. It was a very scary time. It was what led to the development of our technology and our processes that we used that uh, formed the uh, the, um, the uh, process of Wayfair and the manufacturing of Wayfair. Uh, but through this, everything that he had predicted to me came true. My dad was able to beat cancer My Daughter has literally never had another ear infection since, and um, uh, my all of my issues went away, and they laughed because my even my wife 's allergies went away so it was a tremendous blessing that came out of it so
0: uh, i'm it,
1: skipping it, a lot i 'm skipping a lot of details by the way
0: <laughs> right well yeah, but you 're reminding me of actually something that I had forgotten about, which is that my son. Uh, but, as I was becoming familiar with the information in the China study, which was about you know roughly a year before its official release, I was starting to get you know drips and drops of it. Um, my son was having chronic ear infections we were we were getting new antibiotics at least once a month, often twice a month, and we had an appointment f- to have the tubes put in
1: mm, yeah we were we were headed in the same direction i I remember one night um, my daughter was laying there. Which one of the, it was a very difficult uh, time for me. My daughter was laying there on the bed, and my wife and I were in the room, and she was just whimpering with ear infection, and, and um, both of her eardrums ruptured. And uh, anybody who's a parent knows that that is, that is not something that they care to go through, and it just it broke our hearts. We were headed down the same road, and it was interesting because it was that it was that night. It was within five minutes of that taking place that my friend called me and he said, "Listen, you, you you need to make some changes here, and if you do this, you'll you'll be blessed."
0: Yep, I remember that feeling of like touching my son's ear and thinking, "Is that a little warm? Are we, are we yeah. now in for another week of hell?"
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it well. And, you know, additionally, watching, watching, you know, people that you care about. My grandfather um, died of, uh, well, he had heart disease and, and died of cancer. Um, all, all of my uncles, everybody, we, we've had so many of these issues in our life. And um, uh, I can't tell you how many family members that I've watched fall by the wayside. Uh, because of these lifestyle-related diseases. And, and I realized the handwriting is on the wall. I'm, I'm headed down the same road unless I do something. And quite honestly, we were terrified. We had no idea what to do. I remember my wife uh, being in tears. We were um, praying to God. We, we just didn't know what to do. And, and um, you know, when you're raised on when you're raised in the environment that I was, and it was a wonderful place to live, and uh, you're eating these kinds of foods every day, seven days a week, without exception, and you know nothing else, Um, and you come to this place in your life where you say, I can no longer do this, then... um, there are a lot of questions that arise in the mind one is you know what am I going to eat you know how am I going to replace this the other is am I on the right track is this, is this real is it you know so there was a real move uh, of faith for us when we started but when I read the China study it was the greatest blessing because I realized you know what we're absolutely on the right track. I've never read a book that is this comprehensive and this extensive in addressing this issue, and it was confirmation to what we had been learning. And um, I I I can't even fathom how many copies of that book that I have purchased and sent out to so many people. And um, I can tell you that almost everybody that works in our co- company um, one of, one of the books that they get when they come to work for us is the china study and um I am very proud to say that we have some very healthy employees that work for it as a result of reading that book wow. you know and yeah
0: that's fantastic. and they make
1: be- they make better customers for us too
0: <laughs> right well i i hope you'll uh, i have, i have a um a selfish reason for hoping you'll do the same with Whole, which is uh, mm-hmm. Colin's new book that I that I helped with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and for for me, I read the China study it's shortly after it came out. I was you know completely changed. We changed our family's diet. I became kind of a a diet dictocrat in my household for almost a year. Mm-hmm. And you know, very mm-hmm. it was very difficult for mm-hmm. everyone to mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. deal with me and my uh, uncompromising stance. Uh-huh. but but actually over the years i found you know there was such an onslaught of opposing points of view from my friends who were doing paleo from chiropractors that i went to from traditional chinese medicine folks from everyone saying oh no that's not right you know from i just started doubting and actually it was working on whole that uh-huh. that, that helped me kind of reinforce okay here is where the engine of all this uh, naysaying comes from and and what's driving mm-hmm. it, and it's so driven by a, a profit motive.
1: Yes, you're absolutely correct.
0: So, so, so maybe that's a good transition into your own profit motive, which is <laughs> you, you have a company that is trying to do something which is, uh, which is unusual, which is making money by making people better. <laughs> As, yeah, a, as opposed yeah. to making a food company at least that's trying to make people better rather than worse tell Tell us a little bit about um, the founding of Wayfair and, uh, mm. and and the vision of it
1: yeah, well, I tell people first i first off um, originally we had no no desire ever to be in the manufacturing industry, particularly the food industry, but it was uh after spending time after learning uh you know, about our health and, the, and how significantly the decisions that we make every day impact our health that I realized it was something we needed to do. And, and particularly after reading the China study, um, we we made a decision that we were never going to place animal foods in, in our mouths or in the mouths of our children ever. And that was quite literally a a decision we made one evening. And I can tell you honestly that we have never done it. I mean, we have, it was a complete break for us as a family. But with that, it was, it was scary. I mean, we were, we were terrified. And as I said before, I remember my wife being in tears. And when we made that decision, uh, we didn't know frankly what to do. We knew we had to do it. But we didn't know what to do. We, through reading the China study, we realized now that this, that we were not going to die if we got rid of the meat and berry. And, um, but we needed something to put in its place. So we, um, we went to the stores. We found very limited, uh, very limited number of things at that time that we felt we could use in our home. So we really resorted to a very, Simple, uh, plant, ba- you know, whole plant based diet, you know, and that started mainly with very simple things like oatmeal and rice and whole grains and, and such things. With that, um, we quickly recognized the need to have milk and, and cheese and butter and yogurt and all of these things that we had been raised on. You know, particularly when we had friends and relatives and such uh, at our house. So uh, I recognized there was a real issue here. There was a shortage of these things on the market, and even more importantly, the ones that I did find in the market were highly processed. They had lots of long ingredient lists that we couldn't understand, and um, and most of them had been refined in a way so as to remove uh, key components of the the food structure, if you will. Uh, with that, I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. We just we started experimenting in our home for our own needs to feed our own children, and it expanded from there. We had many of our employees or other companies, and everything began trying these foods. Other friends would come over, and and uh, we were we weren't even telling them that they were vegetarian foods and people were really enjoying them you know i realized at that point that we were we were on to something so uh through a lot of thought and a lot of prayer we just really applied ourselves and ended up designing and developing uh, machines and processes that would um uh support that we could use to supply these foods to a greater number of people, and we had a very simple criteria that we based it on, that was um, uh, that we found largely from uh, the you know the China study and several other resources, and um, and that was very simple: that uh, every uh, comp- every component of that plant food had to be in the product; it had to be a whole plant. Uh, ingredient that was incorporated into the product. So we, we did not allow ourselves to remove fibers and starches or anything else. And as anybody that's ever made food will tell you, that is, uh, that makes your job far more difficult. It's easier to refine a food and manufacture it. So we, uh, so we, um, thankfully we were able to develop and refine our technology to where we could include everything from that whole plant in our food. And uh, we were very, very, uh, very blessed from that. In fact, in the end, what we learned is that um, at the end of the day, we were able to use far less power and, and actually ended up with a zero-waste process. So we, you know, unlike most firms, we have, we don't even have a dumpster at our manufacturing facility. We produce almost zero waste.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. You, you, too bad you can't take a picture of no dumpster and put it on your website. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I agree. So I just, I tell, you know, and we, and, and, you know, another uh, thing that was, um, you know, good for us, we, we ended up, because of my background in the dairy industry, the vast majority of the equipment that we used, um you know was was just common or was equipment that was common to the uh the dairy industry out there with the exception of our very specialized machines.
0: Wow, hmm. uh, so it's you know it's I'm I'm struck by so many different aspects of that story. W- one is the fact that it's it's easier and maybe cheaper to like hyper process and torture plant foods until they you know fragment into the bits that we want to, to use for their particular properties, but when, but, you know, applying sort of intelligence and mm. kind of a, I'm almost hearing between the lines, like a real reverence for nature. Um, I know yeah. you've, you've spoken several times about praying and about God. So I imagine that that, yeah. that outlook kind of infuses everything you do.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, um, you know, I, I had mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, early on I had met a man that was a Seventh day Adventist and, and he had shared a very, uh, uh, a, a profound principle with me with regard to making foods that was given over a message that was given over a hundred years ago. And it was this it was just absolute simplicity in the manufacture of foods. They should be as close to their original form as possible. And, um, and again, reading the China study and other books, I realized this is the course we need to follow. you know i i wouldn't I wouldn't allow many of the highly processed textured foods on my own table, and we just we had a very another very simple criteria that was that if it was if it was too complex for our kitchen table or too refined, we will never feed it to a customer. So with that, you know, um, we were able to develop a process that, again, it treats the plant as a whole, but it, um, it oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of how I can even explain it here. It's very easy on all of the ingredient components. It does not, as most processes do, require tremendous inputs of electricity and heat to manufacture. Ours is very, very simple, very efficient. In fact, our manufacturing system is designed to be duplicated anywhere in the world, and it fits in a very, very small footprint. If you were to compare this to a a similar production in either a dairy or or even traditional non-dairy applications, uh, you would find that our, our entire manufacturing process um, as I said, produces zero waste, but it's very efficient in space. It would fit in a corner of most manufacturing facilities because it does not require a lot of energy input into it to work. We even people and several of my employees laugh i I tell I, we try to even use the the most simple resources like gravity to um, assist us in our process. <laughs>
0: That's great because you know in a, in a in a world in which there are food shortages everywhere which you can see as sort of energy shortages um and you know so much of our of our food production is so energy wasteful um, That's correct. You know it's just yeah. we're just we're just borrowing the uh, the deposits of solar energy that are underground mm-hmm. you know and and thinking that we're uh, we're wealthy beyond belief.
1: Yeah that's that's correct and you know you know um also Howard um as I'm sure Dr. Campbell will attest to this, the, um, uh, in fact, one of the, one of the things that really drew me to his book was his story. He was raised on, on the farm and everything, very similar to, to how I was raised. And, uh, he will tell you that dairy farming is a wonderful place to have a childhood. And it's a wonderful environment to grow up in. Uh, you have the most dedicated, resourceful uh, people that are involved in that, and that was possibly the greatest blessing for me to what we do today because, as he will attest, on a dairy farm you don't have the luxury to just go out and and buy a lot of machines or even fix machines that are broken so many times because of the You know, because of the financial situation that often exists, um, you're forced to innovate and uh, develop new and more efficient ways to do things. And um, we, I remember distinctly, there were a number of machines and things that we even had to build ourselves. And as a result, we were able to take that culture of of innovation and apply it to the non-dairy setting. And, uh, that really, really excited me to be able to do that. And I would never have been able to do that had it not been for my background in Chabot, lot.
0: Right. Well, it sounds, it sounds like both you, you and Dr. Campbell have a, a similar trajectory of taking the best from your childhood and from, you know, from, in his case, from his research ambitions and, and transmuting it into, into what we, into what the world needs today.
1: Mm. Yes. Yeah, yes, I I agree.
0: So I have a couple of of, of final questions. One, one is so your your the list I I jotted down when you were speaking was ice cream, cheeses, sour creams, puddings, other things. What do you think the the role is? First first of all, I've tried so many over the years, and then when I when I started reading the ingredients, I I realized that you know it was kind of vegan junk food that, and I wasn't yeah. I wasn't sure it was going to be much better for me than the uh, the animal based originals so so the idea that you can make these in a in an integral way whole plant based way is really exciting um, but what do you think the role is of products like these in in helping people to transition to a plant based diet yeah
1: very very simple um, typically the the first response and and this was my experience the first response when I realized that what I was eating was going to kill me was um, a concern. You know, I, I was very concerned, and uh, I was immediately. Uh, my, well, my wife and and my children and I were all saying, "What are we going to do? We can't even eat them, right?
0: <laughs> you know." And so that
1: that was really our uh, you know our thought, and um, with that we went out and began really hunting for something that was suitable to supply the lack if you will and um that was very very difficult so i recognized early on that one of the one of the most important contributions that i believe that we can make to humanity um is to very simply provide the tools for them so that they can you know when that thought comes They can actually try something and say, wow, you know what? That is, that's amazing. I I could, maybe I could make that transition. You know, we had a lot of, uh, you know, we we had a very difficult time when we did it. And there's a lot more and a lot better products out there on the market. But we had a lot of questions in our mind and we didn't know what was good and what wasn't, you know, for good for us, uh, you know, from the nutritional side. But more importantly, we couldn't find anything that... We could find very few items that we liked. So it's very important to put those tools into people's hands, and that's really what we seek to do uh, with Wayfair. Not only do we want to give them a tool that they can say, well, you know, there's another option, um, but we strive very hard to give them something that they can try and say, you know what, that is better than any dairy ice cream I've ever tried or any... Dairy pudding, you know, that, that I've ever tried.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think one one of the mistakes that I perceive a lot of the, you know, faux dairy and faux meat uh, companies have made in the past is try to make something that's identical, so that so mm-hmm. that someone could close their eyes and, and say, oh, I, I can't tell the difference. You know, right. like we we in our house we typically do almond milk or coconut milk. You know, when we. When we have a milk, and it tastes nothing like cow's milk at at this mm-hmm. point, you know uh we're we're used to what we have, but when we first switched from cow's milk the kids the kids didn't like the other stuff because it wasn't the same, but I don't think we're trying mm-hmm. to make it exactly the same is what are your thoughts on that?
1: I wholeheartedly agree with you um and I would add something to it what we do at our house um is we we try to instill in people the concept i mean when when we when we um walk this road ourselves i guess we're, we're still walking it it took a long time for me to get beyond the thought that i had to have um meat on the plate or dairy in the cup or on the burger or anything i could not understand how you could eat without that and what we try to instill in people is that if you remove that meat and that dairy component from the plate, then you really are unshackling yourself, if you will, because there are, you know, a million different combinations to put in its place of whole plant-based foods, whereas you're very limited to several hundred, if you will, uh, with meat and dairy. And um, that was the first thing, to really affect that change in people's minds. But then on the note that you're uh, uh, to speak to your point, um, we also, uh, like to demonstrate to them that, uh, this is not going to be just like the meat or just like the dairy. It's far better. It's far better. Um, not even just from the nutritional aspect, but, um, and, and a whole host of other things, but it tastes better, it feels better, um, and when we get rid of dairy, you know, I'll give you a good example. When we get rid of dairy, then we can take our milk and we could mix anything you want in it. If somebody wanted lemon mixed in, they could. Well, you can't mix a lemon with dairy. It's going to curdle, mm. you know, so there's – you open yourself up to – So many more things that you could never do before. And, uh, and it, and it's very simple. Our food bills, I always challenge people that if they will go on a very simple, whole plant based diet, that, um, they will, they will gain better options. They will gain far, far, far more options. And they will cut their food bills. Typically, ours is, uh, a uh, little, uh, somewhere between half and uh, uh, th- and two thirds of what our food bills were when we were on the meat and dairy.
0: Mm. Yep. So let's let's talk briefly about economics um, because we were talking earlier about the fact that you're competing, at least in people's minds, with the dairy industry, which is one of the most heavily subsidized industries in the world. So how, how do you deal with that sort of, you know, there's a price point for how much a gallon of milk costs or how much a block of cheese costs and you're, you're not, uh, able to avail yourself of dairy subs, you know, subsidies. What do you, what do you do to compete?
1: Uh, we actually, we, we looked at that, the, the whole situation behind the subsidies and, and we said, you know, there's some amazing opportunities that are presenting themselves to us. Number one, because of the, uh, the subsidies and the prevalence of meat and dairy, uh, in the food industry now, uh, it's necessary that many more animals are raised. And, um, because of that, the majority of many of the most inexpensive ingredients out there, or, or the majority of many ingredients that we use, um, are far cheaper because the majority of those ingredients are used to to feed animals. And I'll give you an example. Uh, we started off, you know, with oats. Oats forms the primary basis for uh, a number of our products. A wide, actually, a wide array of our products. Uh, well, we all, we love oats. There's very little negative publicity about oats. I mean, they they have all they meet the criteria that we had outlined early on. But uh interestingly, we found that because the vast majority of oats are used to raise an- are used uh, for, for for animal foods or for animal feed um, that we were able to procure our oats at, at really um, at much lower price point than we had anticipated and it takes the bottom end out of our you know the the bottom line out of our product <laughs> and um
0: that's one that's wonderful yeah. jujitsu instead of trying to fight the subsidies to figure out how to uh, how to plug into the existing system to help change the system
1: yeah we've been it we've been pretty successful in developing products and and a lot of this has to do with the simplicity and a you know the simplicity of the product the ingredients and the and the efficiency of the process and we have been very successful at um, in our ability to go right up the Beside dairy, even with their subsidy subsidies, and um, meet or beat them on their own price point.
0: Fantastic. Okay, so um, in, in closing, where can people find your products right now?
1: You know, it's growing. We are uh, we are uh, coast to coast um, in many areas. We're, we're very prevalent here in the northwest a lot of products in California Chicago we're just going into the New York market and um, but we're in a lot of the major retailers Whole Foods and and others like that if they're not there we encourage people please ask and uh, we'll do our best to get them there but we're growing very quickly
0: all right so and uh, your website is uh, wayfairfoods.com
1: yeah yeah wayfairfoods.com.
0: All right well so uh, kelly coffin uh, it 's been a real pleasure and an honor to talk with you today, and I wish you lots of success in getting this stuff to a to a store near me <laughs> from a oh. from, from a fairly selfish perspective, and so that uh, you know lots more people can experience um, your, the innovations the uh, the opportunity to have healthy whole plant based foods and to uh to share the the joy of eating with uh, with family friends, loved ones
1: yeah, well, Howard, I thank you, and please uh, thank uh, Dr. Campbell for me. I'm going to get this new book as soon as I can get it, and uh, I will I'm excited to go through it and excited for what you guys are doing.
0: Awesome well, then my work here is done <laughs> so th- thanks so much. I look forward to talking to you again soon. okay, thanks, Howard. take care.